Thank you for standing by and welcome to the Pacific Smiles Group Full Year Results Briefing. All participants are in a listen-only mode. There will be a presentation followed by a question and answer session. If you wish to ask a question, you will need to press the star key followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. I would now like to hand the conference over to Mr. Phil McKenzie. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for the Pacific Smiles Full Year Results Presentation. I'm Phil McKenzie, the Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director, and with me is Matthew Cordingly, our Chief Financial Officer. Together, we'll be taking you through the presentation that we posted on the ASX earlier this morning. We will be updating you today on the performance for the full year of FY 2021. To grow and improve as our business has in an environment where the fundamentals of doing business have been disrupted regularly is a testament to the determination and the resilience of our people above all. Our mission was helped by the addition of several key people to the Pacific Smiles team. During the past year, we've welcomed Dr. Scott Kellners as a non-executive director to the Pacific Smiles board. Dr. Kellners brings his extensive international clinical experience as well as a deep commercial knowledge, having founded and held executive roles in two significant US dental service organisations. We also appointed Matthew Cordingly to the position of Chief Financial Officer in April. Matthew previously held the position of Head of Mergers and Acquisitions at Helios Limited, an ASX-listed healthcare company with revenues of approximately $1.6 billion. In turn, I'd also like to thank Alana Ryan for her considerable contribution over the past six years and we wish her all the best in her new endeavours. As we continue to grow and invest in top tier talent, we're also streamlining the experience for dentists, establishing the professional services team by unifying several departments within the organisation to solely focus on the success of our core customers, the dentists. In July, we appointed Daniel Lawrence to, the, this depart, to lead this department. Daniel comes to us with the experience in the healthcare sector, having worked in the industry for over 20 years, and most recently with NIB for the past four years. As part of this change, Dr. Alison Hughes has made the decision to formally step down from the executive leadership team, and will now focus on dentists by supporting dentist education and driving clinical excellence. It is incredibly valuable to add executives of Daniel's and Matt's caliber to the Pacific Smiles leadership team, and to retain our founder as a considerable influence inside the organisation strengthens our legacy as a dentist service organisation. Now to the presentation. I'll provide a business overview before Matthew discusses our financial results in more detail, and I'll finish today by reviewing our growth plans and outlook. We will be happy to take questions at the end of the presentation. Turning to slide three, our true purpose is to improve the oral health of all Australians to world's best. This is the simple yet significant belief which all our people align to as a dentist service organisation. How we achieve this is in the form of three value propositions. For dentists, it is that they are respected and know that we're there for them to enable their professional excellence. For our patients, it is that they can trust us collectively as the local experts. They are our priority. We are here for them and their families. For Pacific Smiles Group team members, it is that they matter and that the work they do makes a difference and we support it. 
Let's move to slide four, which lists the key financial highlights for the 12 months to 30 June 2021. The results are as follows. Patient fees across the Pacific Smiles Dental Center network are $240.8 million, which is up 29.3% on the prior year. The two-year compound annual growth rate is 13.4%. Home center growth is 26%. The two-year average, 10.8%. EBITDA underlying at 23.1 million was up 40.8 on the prior year. The two-year compound annual growth rate is up 20.4%. The full-year underlying impact was $14 million, up 72.8% on the prior year result. The total of 109 dental centres now up 15.9% on the prior year. No final dividend declared as we look to maximise our financial flexibility for when trading conditions normalise. Turning now to slide five. The first chart is our patient fees and number of sentences. The second chart is our EBITDA underlying. The two charts provide a historical performance context of 12 years. In this period, we've grown the number of dental centres from 25 to 109, with patient fees increasing each year with the exception of FY20, which was significantly impacted by COVID-19. The graph shows a similar growth pattern, reaching 33.1 million for the FY21 year. Now on to slide six, we'll review the operational highlights for the full year. Smiles Group opened 15 new dental centres in FY21, all inside of shopping centres. Yes, despite lockdowns and shut borders, we opened 15 new centres, including our 100th and Bondi. In New Zealand, those in New South Wales, those locations were Pacific Smiles Dental, Glendale, Wollongong, Stockland Greenhills, Lane Cove, Raymond Terrace, Bondi Junction, Alana, Lismore, Ash Hill, Hurstville, and Ashfield. In Queensland, we opened Victoria Point, Cleveland, and Newstead. In Victoria, we opened in Taylor's Lakes. Across the Pacific Smiles existing new centre network, we added 35 new dental chairs, taking the total number of chairs for FY21 to 84. With the HBF dental chairs included, the total takes us to over 100 chairs for the financial year. As part of our managed services agreement with HBF, we entered Western Australia market, the Western Australia market with three new HBF dental centres. Also, Positive. In fact, it was fantastic. PSG entered, ended the FY21 year with over 700 dentists choosing to practice with us and delivering nearly a million appointments that again achieved an annual net promoter score of over 80%. So we again welcomed a record number of graduate dentists to the business with 26 commencing in the Insight Graduate Program for FY21. These graduates will be supported by our bespoke development program one which includes internal mentorship from our experienced dentists. The graduate program's current form was established in 2017 and we've seen over 90 graduates now pass through the program. A wonderful testimony to both our graduates and our dentists. At Pacific Smiles, our people are the cornerstone and our staff retention reflects that. I'm particularly pleased to report our staff retention rate remains better than 80%. Of equal importance is the retention of our SFA dentists which remains above 90% on an annualised basis. These professionals continue to choose our service and facilities primarily, primarily as a result of the clinical autonomy and utmost respect, 
appointment book fulfillment, our commitment to training and development, and of course, our industry leading facilities. Turning to slide seven, we have positive news to overlay these challenging times. Our business processes, systems and protocols for dentists and patients have enabled us to navigate the COVID restrictions better than most. While lockdowns and restrictions of practice occurred across all regions, Victoria was obviously impacted the most. We met the challenges of COVID-19 in several ways. We strengthened our relationship with suppliers so we could secure critical provisions of personal protective equipment. We activated training sessions for dentists and employees focused on skills and leadership with a particular focus on resilience and well-being. Our centres had to be ready to meet demand when restrictions were lifted and our readiness showed us, uh, allowed us to achieve nearly a million attended appointments for FY21. Our targeted marketing campaigns facilitated the reactivation of existing and lapsed patients and messaging around accessibility, particularly on the provision of emergency care during lockdowns, also proved critical and most effective. Overall, it's the safety of our patients, staff and dentists that are paramount and we'll continue to do what it takes to keep our dentists, people and patients safe. We strongly support the COVID vaccination program and we support our staff with paid time off for both testing and vaccination. I'll now hand over to Matthew to take you through the financials. Thanks, Phil. It's a privilege to be joining you and the audience delivering my first set of results from Pacific Smiles. Slide 9 presents our summary income statement for FY21 in the comparable period. Our FY21 results are expressed on an underlying basis, which includes various one-off items, including everything benches, debt impairment, severance, and executive output. As in the prior financial year, and consistent with our half-year presentation, the underlying results shown here exclude the impact of AFD 16 leases. In order to assist the understanding of our results on a pre and post AST 16 basis, we have provided the following information in the appendix. A reconciliation of underlying to statutory figures for the year, and a summary income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement for FY21 and FY20 restated to reflect the result, including AST 16. Group revenue for FY21 was $153.2 million, 27% on the previous financial year. An exceptional result in a year which, while not as heavily affected by COVID-19 restrictions as in 2020, continued to be intermittently impacted. So same centre patient fees increased by 26% for the year on the back of strong appointment growth, in part reflecting the realisation of pent demand in the first half of the year post the first wave of COVID-19 restrictions in FY20. Furthermore, we experienced an improvement in the average fees per appointment due to an increase in the incidence towards more complex treatments. We opened 15 new standards in FY21, which have performed in line with our expectations other than the impacts associated with COVID-19 restrictions. Underlying EBITDA grew 40.8% to 33.1 million, and underlying impact increased by 72.8% to $14 million. I'll turn to slide 10. This shows a breakdown of the key drivers of EBITDA growth in FY21. Same centres contributed an additional 11.7 million in a year compared to 1.1 million in the prior year. The strong performance here was delivered through an increase in practitioner hours, the centres benefited from high patient demand and targeted marketing campaigns reactivating patients, as well as improvement in average fees per appointment with an increase in the provision of high value services. The FY20 new centres performed in line with expectations, contributing an additional half million dollars in a year. During the year, 15 new centres opened, eight were in the first half and seven in the second half. 
The first huge drag from which impact is EBITDA by $1.7 million. It's important to note that the EBITDA contribution is impacted by the timing of the individual centre openings as they move from losses to profit over the first 12 months of operation. Field support costs increased due to additional positions to support the network growth. Corporate costs increased with provision for annual bonus relating to FY21 and continued investment in business technology to support scalability and expansion of the business. The approximate benefit of JobKeeper for the year, net of COVID-19 related impacts, was $3.1 million. The JobKeeper initiative allowed us to continue to service patients across communities and support employees in COVID-19 restricted centres. Our entitlement to the JobKeeper program ceased on the 30th of September 2020. Moving to slide 11, which shows the breakdown of the key drivers of the EBITDA margin. The EBITDA to patiency margin increased 110 basis points to 13.7% in FY21. Given by an increase in average fee per appointment and margin expansion, the centres ramp up to maturity and leverage our fixed cost base. Main centre margins expanded by 90 basis points for the year, reflecting strong patient fee growth, efficiencies achieved through higher labour utilisation, and margin expansion as centres ramp to maturity. However, the margin retraced somewhat in the second half of the year as volume stabilised to a more normal trajectory. The centre mix impacted, impact presented on this page highlights the impact of new centres opened in recent years, which generate lower margins in the early years after opening compared to mature centres. The continued acceleration of the rollout of new dental centres has a net dilutive impact on the margin in the short term as a proportion of newer, less mature centres in the centre mix increases. JobKeeper benefits have offset COVID-19 related impacts during FY21 and we've experienced restrictions throughout the year impacting appointments and performance including the second wave shutdown of Victoria in the first half and then further restrictions imposed in February and May. Queensland in early January and March and in Greater Sydney in late June. Corporate costs have increased by 10 basis points as a percentage of patient fees. Important to note that the business has not added material headcount to the support office in FY21. Rather, the increase is due chiefly to the provision of a staff bonus for the year. There were no bonuses in the prior year, and continued investment in technology it will materially enhance the company's ability to scale as growth accelerates. Moving to slide 12, FY21 operating cash flow was $30.9 million compared to the prior corresponding period of 20.6 million, driven by the growth in EBITDA. There was also a favourable working capital movement compared to the prior year, which included JobKeeper receipts due from the prior year. Cash conversion remains strong at 121% for the period. As a reminder, we defined cash conversion as operating cash flow, excluding financing and tax, provided by statutory EBITDA, excluding AASP 16. Capital expenditure for the year was higher at $25.5 million compared to $10 million in 2020. The increase was driven by value-added investment in new centres, technology and centre improvements. No final dividend has been declared for FY21 and we will elaborate on this when we discuss the outlook. Consistent with previous years, we continue to focus on prudent cash management in FY21, resulting in minimal debt of a million drawn from available debt facilities of 5 million by 30 June 2021. Borrowing is decreased due to the pay-down of debt from free cash flow and the March capital raising, where we raised $15 million by an institutional placement and share purchase plan. Overall, the balance sheet reflected well-funded position with ample liquidity. It's important to note that the impact of AAFG-16 leases is excluded from the presented balance sheet, but is included in the appendix of this presentation. I'll now hand back over to Phil to discuss the business overview and the outlook. Thank you, Matthew. 
Turning to slide 14, at Pacific Smiles, we're working towards more sustainable solutions to reduce operational costs and generate better health and wellbeing outcomes for dentists, staff and patients. We're beginning on our journey as a sustainable organisation with some of the following project objectives. Multifaceted recycling platform, safe destruction of data, engaging suppliers that uphold ethical social practices, conscious water and energy consumption, improved materials selection. At PSG, we take pride in being Australia's leading DSO and proving the oral health of all Australians to the world's best. We care about our dentists and patients and our employees, and this is why we're fully committed to investing in a sustainable future for all our Pacific Smiles families and communities. Turning to slide 15, our goal of more than 250 centres, 800 chairs is clear and on track and we have an intended market share objective of not less than 5%, along with the EBITDA to patient fees target of plus 15%. In addition, we have an incremental opportunity in Western Australia through a partnership with HBF. As a reminder, HBF has approximately 50% market share in Western Australia, and we size the total dental market opportunity there at approximately $1 billion. Under network growth, we'll continue to add new dental centres by selecting the right sites, engaging high calibre dentists and employing quality staff and a whole team focused on reducing the time for profitability. Operational excellence is fundamental to margin expansion, ensuring we have the right people in the right place at the right time for patient supply, demand matching, allows dentists to maximise productivity. Our focus on culture is to ensure our most important resource, our people, are operating together under a common framework. The Pacific Smiles way, which leverages our culture playbook, where we unify, adapt and play to win as a team. At Pacific Smiles Group, we're always exploring new initiatives for the business. We continue to roll out the digital scanners in our dental centres, investigating new opportunities and new geographies and continue our partnership with HPF. A proven valuable information for Pacific Smiles has been the engaging and guiding of shopping centre traffic into our traditional dental care centres via our Smiles Care kiosks. As COVID lockdowns continue to impact the business, we'll remain focused on making the right long-term decisions for the business. In particular, it is our goal to emerge from these COVID disruptions stronger than we went in. Slide 16 details the opportunity for growth from the existing centres. A significant proportion of our portfolio is considered immature, with 28% of our centres being less than three years old. Growth in existing centres is evolving with intelligent marketing initiatives to attract both new patients and to continually re-engage our existing patients with the commitment of a superior patient experience in centre and between appointments to generate repeat attendances and positive word of mouth across the community. Currently, 85% of our available surgeries are commissioned and we have 80 available surgeries to commission to meet future demand as we continue to grow our market share. Turning to slide 17. Slide 17 details new centre metrics for new dental centres and shopping centres. At Pacific Smiles, we pride ourselves on pre-marketing campaigns. Setting our new centres up for success with these marketing initiatives, we target new openings with a goal of 400 plus pre-booked appointments and then a further 1,500 appointments in the first six months of operation. Our most recent centre at Coomera in Queensland opened with over 650 pre-booked appointments. 
our strategy to roll out three chairs installed at the time of opening with a capacity for a total of five operational surgeries gives us the opportunity to capture growth as it arises. On average, we achieve profitability within the first nine to 12 months of operation and earn capital investment payback approximately five years into the life of the centre. Slide 18, we list our FY21 accomplishments and I'm very proud to share some of these accomplishments with you. I'd like to acknowledge that all of the people have worked tirelessly with great pride and commitment to deliver exceptional results under what really is a tough set of circumstances over the past year. Pacific Smiles continues to improve our standardisation and modernisation of new centre rollouts. We're providing our dentists and employees with leadership and educational opportunities to allow them to perform to their full potential. We opened 15 new centres and two HBFT centres. The innovation for our patients and dentists with the opening of further kiosks and the continued rollout of oral scanners. And we're continually improving the stability of our IT network with equipment upgrades combined with the movement to cloud-based products products and the maturity of our cyber security platform. Now turning to the outlook on slide 19. Given the continued uncertainty created by the restrictions impacting our activities and centres caused by COVID-19, we're unable to provide earnings guidance for FY22 at this time. However, we can give you the following trading update. All centres remain open. However, of the 110 centres in the PSG network, there are currently 77 centres operating under lockdown restrictions. Currently, those centres are on average trading at 40% of their normal volumes. Performance to date for FY22 as at the 14th of August 2021 is seen. Total patient fees of 23.7 million, representing a 20.2% decline year on year. And on a same centre basis, this is 24.4% fee decline year on year. Subsequent to the December month end, PSG will disclose our, patient, our total patient fee growth and same centre patient fee growth for the prior month until such time as operating and trading conditions stabilise. We do have a strong balance sheet with available funds of $47 million at 31 July, providing prudent protection against continued interference caused by the current experience of cycling in and out of COVID restrictions across our network. The board has elected not to declare a final dividend in light of the continued uncertainty and outlook caused by COVID-related restrictions. The objective of the company is to preserve capital and in order to re-accelerate our rollout when the environment stabilises. We plan to resume our dividend following the interim results, assuming trading conditions have normalised at that time. We will maintain our focus on long-term growth objectives and continue with our new centre rollout strategy. We now expect to roll out 10 to 15 new centres in FY22. We will also add three new HPSD centres. Our expectation is that when the COVID-related disruptions subside, we will resume plans to open more than 20 centres per annum. If I could leave you with one message, it's that we're very confident that we will emerge out of COVID-19 stronger than when we went in. We're focused on putting the pieces in place to maximise our opportunity when the COVID disruptions subside. In closing, on behalf of the executive leadership team, I again want to say thank you to all of the Pacific Smiles teams, whether they're the field-based leaders, the dedicated folks out in our centre operations, or those equally dedicated people working in our support centre, 
your efforts and energy under these trying COVID circumstances is incredibly important and as always very much appreciated. I'd also like to thank the board for the continued support over the past year. Their collective experience and pragmatism has helped us navigate through the various COVID related challenges. Same time to the dentists who choose to practice at Pacific Smiles, I'd also like to say thank you. The trust and respect they give us for choosing to operate their practice in our network is what drives our commitment to growth and the delivery of our true purpose. We are building on our momentum and are excited to further extend our position as the leading dentist services organisation in Australia. I'd now like to hand over to the operator to take any questions. Thank you. If you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. If you wish to cancel your request, please press star 2. If you're on a speakerphone, please pick up the handset to ask your question. The first question comes from Shane Story with Wilson. Please go ahead. Thanks very much and uh, good morning everyone. Um, if I could concentrate first on the centres that are impacted by the various lockdowns right at the moment, please. Uh, I mean, you called out the impact you've seen there in volume, but do you have any way of mitigating the costs that you're exposed to delivering that service at this time? I guess all we're trying to think about is just how the margin and cash preservation sort of works in the period that we're sitting in right now. Thanks. Hi Shane, thanks for the question. Um, yes, we pulled out the 77 centres and obviously recognised the volume at 40% and you can see the overall impact on, on cities. Uh, the, the work that we're doing as a team at the moment is to right-size staffing uh, to match the, uh, the demand of dentists choosing to provide services under these complex times. Um, very thoughtful work being done to right-size that in conjunction with uh, enabling the staff to access government subsidies. Um, absolute specific numbers I can't give you at this time. Obviously we're seeing a moving feast with things changing, restrictions shifting uh, in various markets, but we're working diligently across New South Wales and Victoria right now. And I can see that this is probably you know, the major thing that sort of had, has you just holding back a little bit there on the accelerated rollout just until the conditions improved. In understanding that piece, maybe you could comment on how the eight practices that you started, say, in the prior period in the first half of 21, how they've developed. Uh, I guess I'm trying to think about the extent to which those centres might offset, you know, neither the startup costs that you're encountering, you know, from the new practices you've got planned for this half. And then as a second one on that, um, does the, you relatively agnostic about, you know, the, whether, I mean, if you had a, a site that's planned, you know, for a region that's impacted, I mean, are you going ahead with that or are you sort of choosing jurisdictions and findings um, to sort of avoid uh, the worst of it? Yeah, fair question. So the, the centre that we opened in the second half of FY21 um, performed to expectation. And in fact, I was pleased and delighted that we could open uh, such a great cohort of centres uh, to contribute to Pacific Smiles. And as evidenced, um, we are moving to profitability um, within that nine to 12 month range. Uh, we opened Coomera, our first centre in the second half, uh, sorry, in the first half of FY22. Uh, and obviously I'm delighted with the 650 plus uh, pre-booked appointments, which obviously stand it in very good stead uh, to, um, to rise to profitability positively. Uh, we do have other centres that are, are set to go um, and pursuant to uh, lockdown conditions, these two will be opened. 
Um, at the moment, we are not incurring a rental cost on any of those sites. We're working sensibly and thoughtfully with landlords. Um, but the most important thing is we comply with the public health orders uh, and those various lockdown um, LGAs. Thanks. Look, finally, for me, look, apologies, I missed the number. I know just a minute ago you sort of spelled out how many of the centres uh, under the HBF exercise you plan to open this year. Maybe if you can repeat that, then also if you could share some commentary uh, around how the first cohorts that you um, began in FY21, how they've tracked. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So we um, we opened three in the, in the last financial or two with one opening on the 6th of July based on uh, on lockdowns in Western Australia. But um, So we have three tracking today. Uh, we have a further three planned for this financial year with uh, uh, Karen Yup and Carousel. I'm sure I'm not supposed to say the why there, but Karen Up and Carousel are uh, destined to open in the very near future. Uh, we're particularly pleased with the partnership with HBF. Uh, they continue to be um, pragmatic, professional partners, and those centres uh, are ramping very appropriately for uh, membership base. Uh, obviously, we don't disclose the details as they are uh, HBF's um, uh, centres, but we're, we're very proud to have a managed services agreement with them, uh, and we look forward to continue opening um, the three centres this year and, uh, and more into the future as restrictions allow. Thanks, all. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, all. Thanks, 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 Thank you. Your next question comes from Sanushri Jane, Bell Security. Please go ahead. Hi, Phil and Matt. Thanks for taking my question. Um, just to repeat, for, I guess, a follow-up from uh, Shane's question on HBF, can you confirm that including the three that you're planning for twenty two? You you committed at this point for six HPS centers in total. Well, there's a relationship that I think um, you will have heard John Vanderwill and the um, chief executive of HPS refer to of, um, of not less than 15. Um, we've opened three. We've certainly committed to the next, next three, uh, and an ongoing dialogue as to where and when the, next, the, the others may open. But yes, most definitely, we're committed to three uh, in FY22. Great. And just with the three that have opened, can you perhaps talk about um, how many chairs on average are there in each of these centers? Uh, on average, um, call it eight chairs per center. Um, we've got a, a, a wonderful collection of dentists that have, has, has joined us and more continuing to do so. Uh, the, the, the centers are ramping very nicely. Um, we do tours through the centres for, for dentists seeking to join. Um, Pacific Smiles is building a fantastic relationship with the Western Australia um, ADA, or Australian Dental Association. Uh, the partnership with the university is accelerating uh, and we'll be looking to, um, to add graduates to the program this year. Um, so there's a real um, blueprint from the east um, that is nicely taking shape in the west. Great. And then just on the new PSU centers, um, one's been open, as you called out, in FY22. Can you elaborate on how many at this point have you committed to already for FY22, apart from this one? I've given the broad guidance of, of 10 to 15. Um, we can certainly satisfy um, the demand with the relationships that we've got with the, um, with the shopping centers at this stage. 
Um, I'm not in a position to disclose today the absolute numbers, um, but I think you understand we, um, we've certainly got a great growth trajectory and excellent partnerships in place that would see us more than be able to deliver to that 10 to 15 and, um, and ongoing when, um, when things resume normal transmission, that ramp to plus 20 is very achievable. Right. And then just on the corporate costs, um, including the bonus, which is tracking at about 6.8% um, margins, uh, are we seeing any further growth there? Well, I'll let Matt um, dovetail in, but obviously right now we're um, at cost management uh, is of primary focus, Tanu, so uh, given the, the top-line trading conditions, I'm sure you can respect that we're we're working thoughtfully to manage uh, that, but I'll, I'll let Matt add some flavour. Yeah, it's, it's a complicated time, you know, but I appreciate the question. Um, by virtue of the fact that we're cycling in and out and trying to manage workforce, margin management is obviously a, a key focus of the, ma of the management team at the moment. Um, what I would say is that um, the, we are still uh, at the top line, um, growing at the rate which we've grown previously. Um, and we are not adding um, massive or any really incremental cost at the corporate services level at the DCS level at this point in time. Okay. And then just with the COVID lockdown, are you seeing any increase in, in the consumable supplies, expenses, etc.? I mean, is it getting harder or more costlier? We took a great approach um, after learning from last time and um, one of our key suppliers, Henry Shine, has been a fantastic partner to us. Um, we've secured um, positive control of our personal protective equipment uh, and key consumables, and um, at this stage we have no concerns around that at all. Right, and then just a last question on the CAPEX. Uh, out of the 25.5 million, you've provided a breakup, which um, also included tech upgrades, scanners, and center refurbishment, apart from just the um, adding of chairs and opening of new centers. Is there anything in that which you think will not compete in FY22? Well, I think, to do, I mean, what we're going to be very focused on in terms of capital expenditure going into FY22 is we want to preserve a very stable balance sheet. And I don't think we'll be spending anything that isn't value accretive um, in FY22. So I think, you know, in terms of centre refurbishments, um, we will have a close eye on spending discretionary money, if I could, if I could put it that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, is the scanner expense done or do you have to buy more scanners as well for FY22? Scanners we're going to be putting a hold on for the time being, uh, Yeah, so, um, so we're looking at all capital expenditure. I think that just called out uh, refurbishment scanners. Um, given that a number of our centres are impacted at the moment, they still sit as part of the master plan, but we'll just defer those things yep. until we until we get a little clearer air post post the COVID restrictions. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, if you wish to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. Your next question comes from James Bile with Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Hi guys, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, in a similar vein, for the rollout to 22, you've flagged uh, 10 to 15 new centres as the target. How many of those sites are you committed to and how many are 
is an estimate based on what trading conditions look like at the time. Okay, Shane, um, thanks for the question. James, Shane was first. We'll, go, we'll, take, we'll take James now. Um, James, thanks for the question. We're, um, we're in discussions with landlords all the time, so we're in, in discussions on multiple sites, multiple locations up and down the eastern seaboard and, um, uh, and obviously into the west as well uh, with HBS. So right now the guidance of 10 to 15 is very reasonable and, and very achievable. Um, moreover, uh, it, it's about timing those to, 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 to match the rise in restrictions uh, and then ultimately I can give you every confidence that we have more than enough sites to resume um, our preferred cadence of greater than 20 centres per annum uh, once this thing lifts. Okay. And then given some colour on how the top line is trending and what performance has been like and how that sort of relates to lockdowns, I know it's sort of a moving piece, but is there any colour you can give in terms of how we should think about a level for break-even on a centre-by-centre basis in terms of decline or, or revenue per month? No, I think it's a bit complicated at the moment, James. I mean, you know what our new centre metrics are. We've put that out um, in the deck. Um, it's just, I think it would be remiss of us to try and guide the market at the moment, just when there is so much noise and movement. What, what I can give you a flavour on, though, James, and for everybody on the line, um, this is something that we've been through before, these, these vast impacting restrictions and, and maybe not on the scale of the, uh, the time frame, um, but we do know we can rise. And so our, um, our team in, in marketing is in direct contact with the patients in a bespoke fashion so that we can rebook uh, and we will see a rise. And then our professional services division is talking to the dentists all the time um, to make sure that they too are ready for the, um, for the return. So we see that there's a, a sensible building demand um, that will see us able to stand this thing up really nicely again. Got it. And then I guess the... The other thing is we have seen this pent-up demand come back in a big way previously post-lockdown. Are there any timelines that we should have in our mind when private health benefits might um, you know, roll over and you might people might miss the deadline to use their free dental? Or how have private health uh, partners behaved on that front? I think there's a risk that if we're in lockdown at the end of December that that pent-up demand doesn't come back. Look, I can't speak to the current thinking, but I can tell you what we observed in the past, uh, and they've been particularly um, positive for their member bases, allowing extensions so these things can roll over. Uh, we certainly saw the demand uh, and the pressures through June last year uh, and through December last year, uh, and we were able to manage with the patients uh, in a really positive format. As I said, I can't speak or speculate as to what the health funds will do, but I would suggest if past behaviour as any indication, I think it will be positive for members and ultimately for service providers. That's great. I appreciate the help. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Your next question comes from Michael Gurgis with Ord Minute. Please go ahead. Good morning and, and thank you for listening here clearly. Yeah, and Michael. Yeah, good night. Yeah, good night. Um, so just a few, few questions from me, if, if that's okay, please. Just the uh, first one, just want to focus a little bit on the cash uh, side of things and, and given that sort of employee costs are, you know, 30% of the expenses 
and and uh, you know uh, uh, rentals about seven seven percent thereabouts. Uh, is there any sort of are you implementing any strategies there in terms of uh, you know a reduction of those costs? Meaning you know are those employee costs should we think of those as fairly fixed over the half? And, and are you seeing any sort of rental release as well, please? Yeah, fair question, Michael. We're working diligently with all our staff, uh, especially in those affected centres, um, to encourage access to, to government subsidy where hours are reduced commensurate with dentists' willingness to provide services. Um, so yes, there is reduction activity um, to, uh, to the benefit of the business uh, and to the um, protection of the employee. Uh, and that's happening across the group and being reviewed uh, all the time. With regard to landlords, um, we had a, 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 obviously a, a great exercise that we embarked on last time we went through a lockdown phase. Um, we will embark on the same uh, program now that we're seeing um, various government mandates come out to landlords in Victoria and New South Wales. Um, we have a positive growth mindset, so last time we used that as our vehicle to um, not only wrap up when we were unable to effectively trade, but to look to the future. So Michael will be seeking combinations of deferrals, abatements and looking to the future um, with regard to new sites in a really sensible partnership fashion. Okay, great. So, so then sort of interpreting that uh, as debate, so that's a forward-looking thing as opposed to no benefits thus far. Is that right? It's a, it's a forward-looking thing, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, and is there, can, you, is there, can you give us a sense of, you know, perhaps if you can at this point, just the guidance in terms of what you're thinking from a maintenance cabinet's perspective over the year? Difficult to articulate right now, and I'm not going to put Matt on the spot at this moment, but I, I think that's a fair question given the impact on cash flow. Um, so I know Matt and I have got a series of, of meetings with a number of investors coming up. Um, we'll, we'll do the work around that so we're ready to have a more meaningful discussion on it. I think it's a really fair question and we'll come back to you. Okay, thank you. And then just a final one, just on the year-to-date performance just in terms of patient release of 23.7 mil. Um, just a sense there in terms of, you know, perhaps, so, you know, sort of July and, and then maybe the start of August, um, given the concentration of centres in the Manchester Hunter region, which will probably operate in a little bit freer than what we're experiencing here in, in central Sydney. Are, are you able to give us a sense as to how much of that 23.7 is sort of attributable to the Hunter centres? Uh, hard to be specific, but I can give you a couple other data points that might help. Um, we, when trading without COVID, I would suggest that there is not a structural issue, a patient attendance issue, or a dentist attraction issue. Um, so the uh, moving feast that is COVID and its restrictions and various lockdowns um, is difficult for us predict, to predict. But we have every confidence that the Hunter, uh, Central Sydney, uh, and the various other regions will, will rise to their applicable pre-COVID levels. And, and ultimately, if I have my weight stronger, uh, as well. So I have every confidence, Michael. Okay, no worries. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for your time. Thanks, man. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Once again, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1. Your next question is a follow-up from Tanushree James with Bell Potter Securities. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my follow-up. Um, just, on, um, just on the trading levels, Phil, which you called out that you see 40% of your volumes essentially. Can you perhaps just talk a little bit about what kind of 
or I guess what level of services are being provided? I mean, are all of these 77 centers basically deferring all non-essential services at this point? Yeah, there's, a, there's quite a complicated um, uh, series of uh, commentary to, to dentists around what services can be provided, but essentially it is all things that cannot be deferred. So it's urgent and emergency care and anything that would see a detrimental impact on a patient should it not be dealt with forthwith. So with our dentists, they're working with our centre leadership teams um, to triage all patients before attendance in order to maximise the opportunity for patients to be seen, but also to preserve um, safety and to comply with all the regulations. And that's a, a really positive body of work that's occurring. Um, some areas um, may see restrictions uh, lessen in time to come, and then we will most definitely be ready um, to, to, to get back to, um, to, to full prev care and, and all the normal aspects of dental trading. Great, thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Daniel or Etsy. Private investor, please go ahead. Uh, hi, Jen. Thanks for your presentation today. I just had a question around the new store rollouts in regards to um, rental arrangements with landlords. Are you seeing potentially favourable arrangements due to COVID-19 impacts on demand in store rollouts? Uh, thanks, Daniel. Fair question. Yes, we certainly saw last time uh, that we went through this uh, lockdown experience that a number of smaller players in the retail world created uh, vacancies that we could capitalise on inside shopping centres that we're particularly interested in. Uh, we obviously have a large and, um, and forward-looking network plan, and we believe that we'll be able to have constructive conversations to secure um, new and better sites ongoing. Uh, and to have sensible dialogue around um, preserving uh, the, the, the cash flow situation that we've got with regard to existing sites. So those relationships mean a lot. Thanks for that insight. And just one more question. In regards to uh, patient booking systems, how is the business tracking booking through either online or in-app or potentially even how patients are being acquired if it's word of mouth, if it's just general store location or if it's from marketing materials? Yeah, so a fair question. We work with a standardised platform across um, all of the Pacific Smiles dental centres uh, and that gives us insight to not only pre-bookings um, but existing patient bookings uh, and then uh, uh, what recalls we have pending. So uh, we've got a, a comprehensive understanding as to patients that are unable to attend at the moment for various uh, lockdown situations, what their status of care is uh, and obviously we'll be able to feed that into our booking system um, relevant to um, the situation ending. So I feel that we've got a comprehensive view. Thank you, Ms. Bonson. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. There are no further questions at this time. I'll now hand back to Mr. McKenzie for closing remarks. I just want to thank everybody for their time today uh, and I wish you all the best. Good morning. our conference for today. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.